It's Super Hal here with Nacho Mama's Christy It's my good friend. Yes. It's my good friend. Triple F. Francis Frederick Fernand first, everybody. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my Christian Podcast. Christian Podcast doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host here, Super Hal, with my best friend the whole entire world. <laughs> Francis Frederick Fernand first, quadruple F. We, but we are the Christian Podcast that takes itself way too seriously. <laughs> we, 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 it, we talk about Jesus, ain't no, ain't no laugh matter. No, this is a totally serious thing, and we got to make sure that we do all that we can. To make sure the next generation knows. But this is serious. They're serious. Oh. Serious. If When Jesus calls that next generation, uh-huh. we, we want to pick up. that. Oh, yeah. We want to pick up their landline and pick that up. Are you going to get that t-shirt? <laughs> Did you see that t-shirt on Facebook? Which one? It's why it's black and it says Jesus is calling and it's an iPhone and it's wondering if you'll pick up. Will you answer the phone call? Super how. F? Super how. I always answer that call and I got that t-shirt. I made that t-shirt. You made it? Uh-huh. You want one? I'll give you for free. You're my best sure. friend. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Hey, how are your kids doing? Which one? All eight of them. Which All one of their names again? Oh. Oh, the <laughs> names. Oh, easy. It's Jeremiah, uh-huh. Jebediah, mm-hmm. Obadiah. Yes, sir. Bethadiah. Yep. Uh, uh, Jeremiah. I think you already said that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. How many is that? Five? Yeah, that was all five. Um, and then we got... Uh, this is your Kean. You should know him. <laughs> What's Kean mean? <laughs> your Kean. This is your Kean. Oh, um, and then we got... Oh, Bob is one. And then yep. we got... Um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I don't know. I've lost track of them all. <laughs> How are you? Do you have any more kids? Yeah, I added three more beyond that. You added that. three more? You, yeah. put, you were just on this podcast that long triplets. ago. You just had triplets? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but her mother takes care of them. Their mother takes care of them because yeah, I yeah. don't have to do any of that. Yeah, submit to your husband. Yeah. Yep, that's, that we believe that wholeheartedly. We don't read the verses before or after. Nope. But I read that one verse. All I know is <laughs> she just takes care of the kids. <laughs> I just walk my cat outside. All I know is better live and corner the roof than... Hang out with all them kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all we got to do. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing huh? here? Oh, oh no. Evilly. Quadruple F. Let's get out of here. Hey, yeah, let's get out of here. Run. What? They took Eric. They took our mics. They took- Come back here. Come on. Hey, get, 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 get oh, I'm so sorry, guys. What happened? Oh, they were, they've been recording. They were recording. Oh, oh crap. Do you want, should I cut it? Maybe we should just leave it in. Let's just leave it. I don't feel like editing anything ever. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Man, so sorry, everybody. Yeah, hey. Yikes. Hey, sorry, everybody. Welcome, everyone, to Nacho Mama's Christian Podcast. A Christian Who was podcast. that? Doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane. I, we I just knew, had to run off. I um, knew Super. I, it was a Super, super Hal. Super Al? It, no, it, Super. I think it's Super Hal. Hal, okay. And then, did you see um, uh, that guy with uh, overalls and uh, and no shirt on running out? Yeah. And his nipples pierced? Yeah. Why does he have his nipples pierced? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't fit his he's, character he's very well. basically <laughs> just the guy from Waterboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, quadruple F? Yeah, Quadruple F. Francis. Is, uh, what's the guy from Waterboy? That character from Waterboy? Uh, you can never his understand name. his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember his name. Yeah, but. whoever... Man, that, that guy is not a very original... No, person, no, he's total, <laughs> that character's a total ripoff. <laughs> total ripoff. So, hey, well, you're here with your host, uh, real host of the show, Shane, with my brother Eric. 
What's up, everybody in podcast land? You don't have a catchphrase. I know. I didn't think of one. Wow. Well, that is my catchphrase, my OG catchphrase. Yeah, well, but it's a terrible For one. For those of you that don't know, because there's people that are like newer listeners yeah. that have never listened to episode one, which I would say, don't go back. Mm-hmm. Because that was not... We were just learning what Spare we were yourself. doing. Spare so yourself. We've had, we have new listeners that don't even know who Topper was, because he left episode 58. Those poor people. And they don't know who he is. He's, he came back once, and we talk about him all the time. <laughs> going to puberty. Hey, I, I'm going to puberty. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the episode one, when yeah. when you we were like awkward about it, and if you go, back, I wasn't. So when you st- <laughs> you started, you said, "Hey, no drama, good job." You started those intros that way oh, from the beginning. They, you know, the intros have been top notch. I'm curious how one. many listeners we would have if you didn't do those intros. How many more we would have? But uh, when you introduced me. Sure. You said with my brother Eric, and I said, "What's up, everybody?" Yeah, and you were like legitimately, legitimately to be cool. And when I listened back to that first episode, I remember thinking, "Oh, that sounds t- like I think I'm cool." What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? So now I hate when yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's how people make fun of me. So and then, so, what's up, everybody? Yeah, that's pretty bad. So yep. hey, Eric, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Just ask you. you. Don't have to preface the question. Just ask the Eric, question. Question. Put your hand down. <laughs> I have a question to ask. You go ahead. I since I'm the host, I will let. Oh you ask yeah, this right. Question. Okay. Anyways, um. Uh, do your kids know how to use uh, YouTube? Yes, my um, my kids know how to use my Xbox. And how old are your one, kids? Uh, four and almost three. Three yeah. in August. My my youngest son Noah does not. Yeah, yeah, he's two months. I figured. But yeah, my kids know how to not as much YouTube. They know how to get to Netflix and mm-hmm. like Brooklyn. When I'll say, "Hey, you want to watch Netflix?" She goes, "Yep," and she'll grab the Xbox controller, turn yeah. it on, go to go to Netflix, go to kids. Go to the show she wants to. She can do all that. She even knows how to go to kids. Yeah. So, wow. in fact, when my um, mother-in-law is here, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that and and she normally listens to this, so she can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure that Brooklyn just does it for her. <laughs> like I don't think because she cannot figure out that yeah. Xbox. Just like dad can't figure out this Xbox, no, and he he is not listening. He cannot figure out that Xbox. Uh, hashtag Rusty cares. <laughs> hashtag Rusty cares. Um, so whenever. He's babysitting. I have to put it all on for him, yeah. or it's done. I know there are times when, um, uh, where uh, where our parents will be watching your kids or something, and you guys are out on a date, and Lauren and I will swing by with Camden, and just ask as we live in the same neighborhood or whatever. And my dad's always like, "Shane, can you turn this TV on? I don't know how to get this TV. I just want to watch the Orioles game." And I'm like, "Dad, he doesn't have cable. I don't have cable. You can't watch the Cut Orioles the cable." Game. <laughs> He's like, "What sort of a person doesn't have an Orioles game?" He gets so mad about. Someone it. doesn't pay two hundred dollars for cable anymore yeah. a month. My cable's only seventy. Well, that's because you you swindled oh. directly. TV. I swindled them. You did the whole, I'm getting out of yeah, here. Yeah, but you did. I know. I did. But you know what, though? It ends in September. And then we'll see what and happens. And my contract. No, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to keep you don't like TV. direct TV. No, I do, but it's just going to go up to like 200 bucks. And actually, no, I don't really like direct TV that much. It's yeah. fine. It's yeah. just, it was just cheap and it gave me what I wanted. Anyways, this You're, is a side. I'm going to go to, I think <laughs> I'm going to do, do PlayStation View or something like that. Yeah, 40 yeah. bucks a month. Why not? Yeah. All of us, like younger people, and not just us, but. Especially us millennials, I guess, mm-hmm. are all none of us have cable. We all have either Amazon none. Fire Stick, but none most, of us. I have cable. I'm a millennial. Yeah, but you're about to not. Yeah, but I know other people have it. None of no one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so because cable companies are starting to suffer. But anyway. well, everything is streaming now. So why do you need cable? At that's that's why I don't have it. The well, only thing YouTube Live for forty. The only thing I miss is um, is Oriole games because I can't watch that. 
But Ravens games, I have the basic, basic mm-hmm. cable, which is not even HD. Yeah. And I have that, and it's $5 a month extra to yeah. have that. So I just have it just but so even, I can watch Ravens games uh, 16 times a year. Even with like PlayStation View and all those sort of things, you can get the NFL Red Zone and all these other games. For, add it for like, it'll be like $10 extra a month. So it's like 50 bucks. That's the way it's all going. I mean, tech yeah. has changed all of that stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, your daughter likes YouTube, right? Yeah. So one thing that that our daughter likes to do, and she'll be two uh, uh, in August, and um, she she loves the phone, which I guess most kids do, and it and it's, a lot of times it looks bad. I see. What we do is we try to save phone time for her sure, for when yeah. we're out in public sure, and we're at a restaurant or whatever and at the grocery store doing grocery shopping and she's like starting to freak out or cry or throw a temper tantrum or something um, and you're like I just need to get through the next 10, 15, 20 minutes and so we'll let her like play on the phone for a little bit and she knows how to find YouTube on my phone pull up YouTube and then find like Moana and Frozen and all these sort of things. But she doesn't even really watch them. She just likes to scroll through the suggested videos and click the next video. Yeah. Scroll through the suggested videos, click the next video over and over and over. And she'll watch like 30 seconds of whatever clip she clicked on just to go to the next one. And there's sometimes where I'll look down at, at, at what she is doing on my phone. I'm like, what are you watching right now? And I realized, I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm aware of what she's looking mm-hmm. at. Now, she is still young where, you know, and, and it doesn't even have the sound on. It's it's on mute. She doesn't even need the sound. She just wants to scroll through and click on the next thing or whatever it is. Yeah. But but I, I need to be aware of what she is looking you at. You for sure. I'm going to I'm gonna suggest a video for you to watch. It's a TED Talks uh, video. I don't know if I want to. It's um, TED Talks. It's uh, by James. James Brittle, writer and artist, and the title of it is The Nightmare Videos of Children's YouTube and What's Wrong with the Internet Today. Mm. So basically what he does, I'll give you like I a little like I'll this. give you a toned down version of it, but he breaks down a bunch of these random YouTube videos that basically what he's saying is every time you watch a video, that's money. So these these people are trying to obviously just make money. And there's first he starts with these videos of these people unwrapping eggs, mm-hmm. like uh, Cadbury eggs, whatever mm-hmm. the chocolate ones are opening. Oh, up. they're delicious! But there's videos but of my teeth eight minutes of just them. people opening them, uh-huh. and there's millions of views on it. Yeah, and you're like who would watch? And there's not just like one channel. There's so many channels. When you oh, combine them all, opening a Cadbury opening, egg. That's it. Why? Because it's not for us. It's for kids. There's a dopamine hit every time that sucker opens and you see the prize. And so the kids will watch that, uh-huh. which is nothing necessarily wrong with it. But every time you can watch it, it's money. So there's okay. advertising on that, things like that. And then he talked about, um, yeah, you've probably seen these videos, the music videos, uh, the f- uh, Family Fingers songs. Father finger, father finger, where are oh, you yeah. here? So, and it's just a video of like these five this hand of five fingers and like each a finger is face, like face. yeah and each finger is like might be like a character from Disney or something there's so many of those videos out there yeah. and you don't even know who makes them it's like so weird but here's what happens and here's what you have to be really super Hal yeah like super <laughs> Hal. Um, here's what you have to be really careful with with these videos is YouTube autoplays so when a kid's watching them, the same way that um, when we're scrolling through Facebook, it's mm-hmm. we have dopamine hits, and that's why it's the algorithm is set up in a way where we can just do that. People have figured out algorithms with how you title it and what tags you put in the YouTube videos to make it where it will play next and and kids will find it. Yeah. But he showed a bunch of examples of start with one and just letting it autoplay and 
it started with that father fingers whatever kid video and by the 12th one it's like a video of mickey mouse masturbating what like not actually showing it, but like a cartoon or a cartoon of like spider-man's head getting blown off oh something like that gosh. and there's been a lot of reports of kids of parents that are saying that my kid is terrified of spider-man or whatever now yeah. because he saw this terrible thing on youtube oh, because wow. it got that that way so but are there, are there a way is there a way to put parental controls on youtube yeah but there's a way around a lot of that because because it's it's impossible for yeah. Well, it's here's there's the two sides. They have to have like some kind of algorithm or computer or whatever that AI that is being able to filter it and be able to decide this should not be for kids. So if it's just kid stuff, you can't do it. But that's not perfect. And then yeah. before you know it, it'll be filtering other stuff that you shouldn't. But if you go the other way and you just do just the are like actual people watching it, mm-hmm. then that goes on opinion. And there's no possible way to keep up with it almost. Yeah. And then it's more on opinion and then and get even worse. Mm-hmm. And then you're making other people watch these terrible, weird videos that are like, who would ever make these? Yeah. So basically, he, the, the one of his main points is, if you don't get anything out of this, don't let your kids just go on YouTube without oh, knowing. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so it's dangerous. Oh, boy. So, so I will say this. You know, so You're what? a terrible father. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> I will say this. You know what? I'm all right with that because my YouTube recommendation list has just been destroyed yeah. having Camden. So, <laughs> because, because she clicks on so many other suggestions. Now, I will say that that is one thing that at her age, she doesn't watch a video all the way through. Mm-hmm. She clicks on something else that she wants to see in the suggested. Yeah. So um and and I'm always with her, like, but she's also two. She's not even two. Two. Yeah. We're talking about four, five, six year olds yeah, when they're more independent, yeah. and mm-hmm. they will go and like, oh, what's this video? What's this video? Yeah. And then that can get really dangerous. So what? We're it's hard. We're in a day and age where it's like technology is advancing so fast because it always builds on each other yeah. on top of each other. So because of what happened in the past, we're able to go even faster, and things are changing so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're weird. We're in a weird environment where. As parents, we had that time where we knew life without technology, without like social media and cell phones, things like that. Yeah, we're in a very unique generation yeah, in that sense. Where we didn't have that, um, but it also came w- during our formative years. Mm-hmm. So we remember without it, but we also like really know yeah. how to use it. So where our parents didn't have that, they yeah. most of their time they did not have that, and they had to adjust later on in life, which is which adult. is harder. Yeah. So we're in a unique way where we can do that but there's still gonna be things that are coming in the future that we don't know yeah. and we have to keep being updated to be responsible where of the, what's next the the new generation doesn't know life without the internet and without computers and smartphones yeah. and social media they don't know life without that where i do remember when we got when our parents got our first computer when we were kids i clearly remember them bringing it in my dad bringing it in our dad bringing it in and setting it up and playing wolfenstein on it yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and playing the pinball game you know, uh, on, yeah, on yeah. It, and solitaire and minesweeper all those sort of things i remember doing that and and using dial up internet all those sort of things and not getting a phone till we were like seniors in I, high school i got my or, my phone my high school graduation present yeah, and think, i didn't know anyone else that had a cell phone at the yeah. time I think I got mine at 16 or something like that. Um, but uh, so, but and even when we got it, it was just a phone. It yep. wasn't. Yeah. And I, I know we're making ourselves sound old here right now, Tom. But the point with that is, we know both. We we know without the internet and social media and all mm-hmm. those sort of things, and with it. Do you ever think and about we well about like what you're going to do with technology and like cell phone stuff with Camden? I don't. I'm so terrified. I am too. Because know. know what I'm terrified of? Because what's it going to be like in 10 years? I'm terrified of. Like them being on YouTube, what what that video I watched mm-hmm. and Brooklyn accidentally seeing something at six at a very impressionable age and that's, and robbing that. Her up. Yeah. yeah, like because I mean, 
we we were in a, a day and age where um, we would see stuff on like Cinemax and stuff. And I remember the first time I yeah. saw boobs ever. Yeah. And I to this day, I remember it. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified of it. We turned it off. We were in the room. Yeah. Wait, what is that? And we were yeah. like terrified of it. Yeah. But I still remember that. And I know it's going to happen. Right. So, and but, that's way more innocent than Mickey Mouse. Anyways. Yeah. So so I'm that's something that terrifies me. The idea of like Brooklyn having a phone at mm-hmm. at a young age. But I also mm-hmm. understand that if she's like walking home, like we had friends over this week and um, Kimmy, she actually listened to the podcast. So I'll give her a shout okay. that she just had to get her daughter who's in fifth grade a cell phone that literally just calls because she walks home from, from school now. Yeah. So she, if she's doing that, she wants her to have a phone makes yep. complete sense. Yeah. So I'm like, crap, I gotta start thinking about that stuff semi soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. But well, then they, thinking of them having me in middle school, mm-hmm. having a phone that I can get on the internet and do whatever I want. Nope. Oh my gosh. That terrifies mm-hmm. me that yep. I'm going to have a son that's going to have it. So yeah. how yeah. are we going to control that or, or right. well, I think that? with it, it if you are a parent with uh, a teenager, preteen, or whatever, a uh, kid who has a phone, you need to be aware of everything they're doing on there. And the older they get, then the more freedom that they, they should have, but they also need to earn that trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you should, you should never just give a teenager a, a cell phone or a smartphone and just say, okay, just go ahead, do whatever you want yeah. on it, and not know what they're doing. Yeah. You need to be fully aware, and there needs to be parameters. I don't even think you should, your kids. you should let them like charge their phone in their room. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Have, it, have a charging station and, and say, I'll do it with my phone. Yep. yep. So say, we're all going to charge our phone right here. So you that way. You don't, they, the, a teenager does not need their phone in their bedroom. That temptation, it's, I can't it, imagine yeah. that. And temp- I know we sound like old farts in this moment, but we're, we're early 30s. And, uh, and, Having a daughter now, it terrifies me. Yeah, I know. For me as a teenager, if I were a teenager now, I'd be like, "No, that's ridiculous." But as an adult now, and as a parent looking at it, it's like, "Yeah, this, this knowing the dangers that are out there." Yeah, it is something that that we need to think about and need to be aware of. And as, having a, a a little girl, and she will always be my little girl. It really, oh. really terrifies me. <laughs> Of yeah, what could happen, or or what? Who is out there who is going to try to be a predator mm-hmm. and do some terrible things? Because that is the reality of the world that we live in, uh, and I, we need to protect them at all costs. I think we will have a little easier time adjusting to the new stuff than our parents did because we're more aware. You think or because what? we were in the formative years, all that stuff came that was so. I mean, think of the change from our parents, mm-hmm. no social media, no nothing. To now, everyone has a cell phone and social media and all those new things yeah. that came so and quick. Our, and how everything's changed. Yeah. There's no more taxis anymore. It's all Uber. There's yeah. no more cable anymore. It's all Netflix. Yeah. Like, there's no more hotels. There's Airbnbs. There's everything no more, has changed. There's no more physical tickets. It's all on your phone. All, all on your phone. So it's that change was so it's so big, especially when it comes to dangers of things like porn, pornography and things like that, where you, now your phones. I'm not saying that there's not going to be things we yeah. don't know about. There obviously will. But I think we were in an in an age where some of that social media stuff mm-hmm. just started. So we were really part of it. So we understand it a little more mm-hmm. than people that then it's not our parents fault. They were yeah, older. Yeah. It's just, if we were that age, we wouldn't have understood it either. Cause we weren't part of it. We didn't grow up in it. And our parents know technology better than a lot of other parents. I'm just talking about parents in general. Yeah. Though, yeah. Obviously. But I'm saying in our situation, like our, our mom is very tech savvy. Um, and, and our dad is, getting not, more tech savvy not. but he's he really is not not too much <laughs> but he's getting more tech savvy. he knows how to use ebay yeah yeah he, does. <laughs> he knows you how know, to buy things eBay's, <laughs> ebay's dying yeah but eBay's like anymore. um uh you were talking about your your mother-in-law not being able to like turn on netflix in your house i fully believe that 
um, for, for me, my mother-in-law, she really does not know how to, how to use anything when it comes to uh, those sort of like technology stuff. And Camden can, can get to YouTube where I don't think my mother-in-law will be able to find YouTube on my phone. Yeah. Uh, where Camden can, and she's not even two. Yeah. You know? And that's not her fault. It's just the way that she grew up and yeah. the life. We just weren't around it. We, exactly. we weren't, aren't smarter. We were just literally around it. Yes. It yeah. was part of our of how we grew up. There's things that they had when they're part of the group. They right, grew right. Up. So, so that translating that into church world, mm-hmm. I've seen that this big um, change in the way websites look and the way yeah. social media works, all that stuff, um, the way technology has been used now as has really changed some churches and some churches are thriving because mm-hmm. they are have been self aware of technology and other churches have I've seen just ignored it yeah. and thought as ah, it's not what we're gonna do mm-hmm. and suffered from it. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Well it, it for churches in today's day and age, if you are not trying to keep up with technology, then you will die off. Because yeah. that's the world. That that is the world that we currently live in. And 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 uh, a really old school church may say, well, Jesus is bigger than technology. And I absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus can also use technology to reach people. Yeah. And that's the way that Jesus, the, the truth doesn't change the way that we communicate the truth can. Yeah. And, and that is what is happening in our, in our world today. The first thing that most people do when they're trying to figure out, should I go check out this church? What do you do? You go online. You go online. You go. You go to the website. You look up their social media. In fact, some Facebook a lot of people Instagram. watch online first. Yeah, dude. watch episodes online. And if you are a church that doesn't have any sort of pictures or videos or audio of your services or anything like that, then people it, it will stop people from coming. Yeah, may not stop everybody, but it will stop more people than not. Uh, because people want to be able to look and see what you are like. Now you may say, we don't want people to see what we look like. We just want to get them in the door. That's a whole nother separate issue. But that's what everybody does. And and that's what I do. Before I go anywhere, and this isn't even just with churches, before I go to a restaurant, Mm -hmm. I, I, I go online and I'm like, okay, well, let me see what this place is like. You know, do I need to look a certain way? Do I need to dress a certain way? Do yeah. I need to make a reservation? You know, yeah. you try to figure out what's parking like. You yeah. want to know all this information before you go. We went to um, Urban Access for my birthday. I went on the website. I look at pictures. Yeah. What is this place like? What am I getting into? What should I expect? That's what everybody does with everything. And churches are no different. I think if you are a leader of a church and you're hesitant or resistant to use technology the way you want to, then you're not a good leader. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're, then you're the leader of Blockbuster. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Blockbuster yeah. could have been Netflix. They yeah. had the opportunity, but they didn't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand it, so they didn't do it. Now look, where can you find a Blockbuster? There's one left in, in, the in country. Alaska, right? Yeah. There's yeah. more. And no, no, more I, overseas. Th- I think Alaska closed. The only one left, I think, is in Portland. Oh really? Oh no, just in America. You talk. I think in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. I think there were two left. One, the one in Portland just closed. So you can be that church if you want, and say no, we're not going to use technology, even though it has changed everything the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And to me, what you're saying is my way is more right than reaching people. Yeah, the way I need to do it. If you don't understand, I get it. It's Uh hard to understand. Find someone else to do it because you have to keep updating. If we actually want to reach people for Jesus Mm -hmm. and not become the next blockbuster, then you need to figure out ways to do that. You need to have. I think that every church staff now. It's gone from. It's crazy how churches have have evolved and need to evolve and continue to evolve. But when you have a church staff, a position now that needs to be filled, mm-hmm. whether it's volunteer or paid staff, whatever your church is, you need to have a social media technology person. Yeah, who runs those things. Yeah, and sometimes that can be the worship pastor. Sometimes it can be the lead pastor if that if that person is tech savvy and and yeah. likes doing those sort of things. But um, there needs to be somebody on your staff 
mm-hmm. who is in charge of all of those things. Yeah. And for me, we just we just brought somebody on um, at, who is running all of our social medias. It's and, such a great feeling. And it? oh, because I hate it. I yeah. hate social media. I, I I really do not. You enjoy don't hate it. social media. Yeah, you, just, you hate strategically posting yes. on social media. I like, you use social media a lot. I will. I I like reading articles on social media. Yeah. I like keeping up with sports on social media. I don't like seeing what. A per, what what like some random person is doing? Well, not even random. Yeah. But when when you're posting for a church, you're trying to be strategic on right. how you're pushing your mission and how and, you want to look and yes. your image and your branding to. Other and people. I'm not good at that. Yeah. So I got um somebody. Uh, uh, we got Morgan to do it for us, who's doing a great job for us. And she takes pictures and she knows how to do it. She knows how to put the right captions and the right hashtags. And she knows all how to use Insta stories and yeah. those kind of things. I don't know how to do any of that stuff uh-huh. really. I I know where it is that how to access, but I don't. I don't know how to make it look good. So yeah. get somebody to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing with every church is if you aren't good at doing something as a leader, find somebody who is. Yeah. Nobody's good at everything. Find just look up Craig Rochelle. Yeah. There's no better person to check when it to to learn from mm-hmm. when it comes to really anything but technology stuff than Craig Rochelle. Here's a couple reasons why. One, it's all free. Yeah. He gives it all away. It's a great podcast he talks about. And if you go to open.life.church, everything's free. The YouVersion Bible app, guess mm-hmm. where that came from? Yeah. It came from not Craig Rochelle, but his church. Yeah. Um, and so the, he's like one of the best when it comes to that. And I've heard him talk about like their online campuses. I've heard yeah. Anna Stanley talk about it. And they count people that go to their online services as people that go to their church. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like it's like if a TV show only counted the people that watched it live and not the people that streamed it throughout yeah, the week. It's true. It's it counts. Oh. Those are people that are actually watching. Should I start counting that? So you you'd kind of have to di- you differentiate yeah. it and your hope is that eventually they're going to come and a lot of times they will. Yeah. But if a lot of people are and we've I think we've talked about this before like should we should you do Facebook live or YouTube live or any stuff? Because if you do, that's telling people they don't have to come. But what stats actually show is when you do that, it gives people like that first step to mm-hmm. actually help them to come. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to stay there because right. you want them to build community. And that's what we think. That's why I think the church has the best leverage when it comes to is people crave community mm-hmm. in a social media world. And church is built for that. Yeah. That's that's what we're supposed well, to be is, is community. Yeah. So I think online having Facebook Live and, and YouTube Live and all that stuff is a great way for people to see it and then go, okay, I want to actually be part of it. So yeah, they find that that's the key. churches that have that have more people coming because of the online mm-hmm. than they do staying home. Yeah, people that are staying right. home because you do online, they're going to find another reason to stay home. Mm-hmm. So don't... I know people are worried that you're going to let people stay home. Most of the time, it's just for people that are sick that still yeah. want to watch it or yeah. people to get it on ramp to come to your church. If you do it right, then somebody will watch your online service service and we'll say man i need to go there i want to be a part of that yeah whatever it is and that's the same thing with anything like when when i look and we went downtown to washington dc when the caps won the stanley cup right and looking at like pictures and videos from the lat they did it for multiple games before that one the one that we went to and i remember seeing all these videos of people downtown in dc watching the games outside and going man i want to be a part of that yeah that looks like fun that looks like something that that i don't want to miss out on and and that encouraged me to then go downtown and be a part of it and experience it. That's why online service should be. It yeah. should be a way for people to say, "Man, that looks like it's awesome," and I don't want to miss it. I, I, I want to go down there and be a part of whatever it is that is happening. But beyond just doing websites and social media and how to market the church, how can the church use technology on a Sunday morning in a in a service to to better communicate the message of Jesus Christ? Um, I mean, they can use it a, a, a lot of different ways i think a lot of it is to is the social media aspect of it is using like quotes that you've said or things like that to to enhance that i think um i've heard i've seen churches that use 
um, iPads and things like that for when it comes to signups mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, giving. Yeah, it makes it makes giving easier. Yeah. Um, we do online giving, and that is way you can make, easier. You can make apps that do it. Yep. You can um, send uh, send a text to something, and it makes it a lot easier. It mm-hmm. gives people an easier way to actually worship through their giving. Um, connecting to small groups, it's easy that yep. way. Um, check-in processes, keeping the kids safe. I mean, they're they're it just. Mm-hmm. can go on and on really i yeah. think and i think a lot of times when uh the the sad part about churches in in america uh, a lot of them is when you walk in the front doors if you feel like you just went in a time machine yeah. that's a problem yeah that that is a huge issue and uh we it's almost like we go through these doors and we're like oh wow we're back in the early 90s yeah that's kind of a trend isn't it though well it for some but the I mean, some people do like the whole traditional. Sort I mean, of I've thing. seen some churches that are like, but they don't not use technology. Yeah, they still it's, use technology, but it's like an older building. It's or just something. traditional practices. Yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, it is a new thing with with the millennials and Generation Z. I think is yeah. the next one. Yeah, where they like this whole idea of going in an old building. Yeah, uh, that that is a church and with hymnal. Uh, I mean, or, or um, uh, pews and and even using hymnals sometimes and having a traditional uh, lit. Was it literary liturgists? What is that word? I'm. I know. Yeah, you know uh, liturgists. I think is that is that the right word for it? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, an old school way of doing church, but they still have technology that they put in place. So that that is a, a trend in, in our world nowadays. But um, it is important when we are communicating the message of Jesus Christ to appeal to all of the different ways of learning and the different ways that a person can can hear things. We're we're not saying we're, no one's no one's saying how you should do church. It's mm-hmm. it's how do you use technology to enhance the mission of your yes, church? Because the hard part with uh, like school and education is not everybody learns the same way. Some mm-hmm. people are visionary learners. Some pe- some people learn by by listening. Some people learn by uh, experiencing and being involved uh, in in different things. Some people learn by doodling and while they're listening at the same time. There are all these different ways that people learn, and so we should try to communicate the message in all those ways. Liturgical, liturgical. <laughs> yes, this that whole time that's all I've been thinking about. Yeah, that's that was what I was looking for. But um, I uh, just what just um, I'll I'll be quiet. We'll cut this and we'll cut the liturgical into that spot so we don't i don't want to sound stupid oh yeah so yeah, ready yeah. um five four three liturgical no say it again say say oh, it correctly oh, oh, oh. say it say it um okay good liturgical closer try one more time all right liturgical perfect oh got that's it. cut okay, so it. okay no one will hear this okay out. continue um but yeah so we need to appeal to all the different ways that that a person learns you know whether they interact in small groups large groups all those sort of things we need to create as many opportunities for a person to hear the message of jesus christ as possible and technology helps facilitate that yeah Ch- uh, church leaders should be asking questions of how can we leverage technology mm-hmm to better enhance our mission and to go make disciples of all nations. Yeah. How do we do that? In whatever format and whatever way it looks like for us. That's, that's what the key. that's the question we have. So um, I have a quiz if you want to take a quiz. Oh, okay. Because we're talking about technology. All right. Um, here's what the quiz title is. Well wait, wait um, what what segment is this? This is called Fake News. Ooh. Fake News. Fake News. The fake news is All right, so the quiz I'm going to give you, 
Which, All by right. the way, it'd be nice if you ever got a quiz from me. I'd love to do the quiz. Mm-hmm. I always do it for you. Freaking uh, shame. We'll see. The quiz is, can you spot the fake tech story? Oh, so I'm going to give tough. you... Because technology is weird. I know. So uh, it's simple. You're going right. to say real or fake, and I'll okay. tell you which one's, which one's real. This comes from uh, techworld.com. All right. Real or fake? Diabetic contact lenses that indicate a rise in glucose. Wait, okay, so a diabetic contact, it's a contact lens that will then like alert in your vision? Mm-hmm. Whether your glucose is getting too high. That's got to be fake. That's a real product, my friend. Is it really? That is real, yep. This so is you- like Terminator I stuff. I know. Tell me. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know. So um, all of a sudden, it would just be like, alert, alert, alert. alert. Your, ah, gonna- ah, your eyes go bloodshot. Eat a donut, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Um, real. One or- time, the side note for talking about diabetic, uh, there's uh, uh, one guy, Anthony, who's been on our podcast, who's also the worship leader at City on a Hill. Uh, I was talking about how people are weird, and I went through how my entire staff is weird and mentioned different things about the weird things <laughs> about people on our staff. And when I got to Anthony, I just said, Anthony's so weird. He's diabetic. And that was it. That was the only <laughs> thing I said about it. And he was like, what? Why is that weird? <laughs> um, all right. Ready? Yeah. Liver, L-I-V-R, is the product. It's, the it's also br- an organ. It's the breathalyzer app that wants you to get drunk. What? A breathalyzer app that wants you to get drunk? Well, what does it, what does it do? What do you that's, mean? That's all I have. That's all you have? Can you spot the fake tech story? Is that a real tech story or is it fake? Fake? Yeah, of course. It, it's fake. What you, the, I, you don't get, I don't understand what, it, what that product is. Because it's fake. And they're just trying to trick you. Chill. Well, I spotted it. <laughs> all right. Sprayable energy. A mist that gives you an energy boost. Oh, that's got to be real. That I've seen that. I yeah, think. Yeah. You spray that sucker, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume that's how it works. <laughs> they also had. Do you ever get like the sour sprays when you were a kid? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> okay. Ready. Pull a Dumb and Dumber on that. <laughs> Microsoft's ILOO, I L O O, the Internet Ready Portaloo. What's a what's a portaloo? Um, I Google a portaloo. Um, is it like a porta potty? I believe like so. Like the loo, yes. you go to the loo. Yeah. yeah, so it's like and there's internet in it. <laughs> yeah, the internet ready portaloo. I say that's real. That is fake. Ah, that should be. <laughs> that's that's a first idea. off. You should have gotten it from the I loo. I L O O. Microsoft oh, can't yeah, do yeah, I whatever. That's true. And no one calls it the loo. In, in over over in Europe, to me that's in, nobody. In England. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. If anyone listens, I don't know if we've, we've. I think we have as people from England. From, from England, that I'm sure we're disappointed when they listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know we have. A, we've had a bunch of listeners in Canada recently. Mm. Hey, to our friends in Canada. Hey, hey. a bunch of mounties. <laughs> <laughs> um, real or fake? Computer tanning. Get a tan through your desktop. <laughs> that is fake. I think that's, that's got to be real. And it is fake. Oh, I that thought that would have been totally fake. You could probably do some kind of ultralight, I would think. Or like that, a spray tan. No, it's a, how would a, your computer give you a spray you tan? Just gotta, you just got to like. My thought was it would it. have some kind of, you can make it where it's some kind of glow that would some kind of mm. ultraviolet. Mm. I guess computers can't produce ultraviolet. I mean, I thought it was possible. Well, uh, you thought wrong. Two more. All right. Virgin Atlantic's glass-bottomed planes. Oh, real. That is 
fake. Ah, that would be awesome. How come no one's made that yet? Yeah, yeah Make yeah. that sucker. That would be terrifying. Yes, yeah, so you're flying. You can look down. Have yeah. you ever seen those um, towers where you yes. can, oh, where's yeah. like the, the, the floor yep. is yep. completely glass bottom? Or they got glass bottom boats. Yeah. You know? Come on. Well, I guess not the whole bottom. It's like viewing areas or whatever. Every time we see glass bottom, I th- keep thinking we were about to say um, fat bottom. Like fat bottom girls from Queen, <laughs> like you know, you know they got like fat bottom yeah, ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, a glass bottom airplane. Wow, that that would be really cool. Uh, that would also be really expensive. You know what? Let's find a way to develop it. Good deal. Go on Shark Tank. Uh huh. I'm sure um, Robert will will be all about that. Yeah. He's a tech. You know guy. what I did in Chicago once? They have they have one of the and one of their skyscrapers. They have this thing where you stand there and then uh, the it's a thing that you pay for it uh, up at the top of this building uh, and it moves the. It's glass, like uh-huh. a glass window that you stand on. You hold on, and then it moves, and you like are looking straight down to the street below you at the top of the skyscraper. Jeez, it's pretty cool. All right, next one, last one, last okay. one. IKEA's flat pack lawnmower. What flat pack? What does that mean? IKEA's <laughs> flat pack lawnmower. So you know, in IKEA, you can buy like buy. I assume it's what it says. It doesn't give me any explanation, but um, you can buy, like you see what you want, that uh-huh. that crappy table or whatever. Plywood, not even yeah, plywood, yeah. whatever um, table, and you have to go to the factory and you see it in that box. So one that's super flat that you can buy in one of those boxes. Fake. That, that is fake. Yeah, that's got to be fake. That is fake. I mean, it's too dangerous. You got to have blades and stuff. I know. I bought my lawnmower in a box that was kind of folded up a little bit it was a big box yeah yeah I and mean, that's not a flat come in. not a flat pack not a box flat <laughs> pack box so you did pretty good you got most of them you yeah only got a couple wrong. right you only got a couple wrong uh-huh. there. hey well we, let's we got one more segment that we want to get to one that we haven't done in a while actually um, know. and one that is, is a pretty fun one uh we got a nacho mama's question Ooh. Nacho, nacho. What was that? You got a question? I don't care. Cause it's not your mama's questions. All right. So the our Nacho Mama's question uh, this week comes to us from uh, from a buddy of ours named Justin Allison. He was, who was part of the youth group. Part of the youth group, and we actually actually the last podcast that we recorded. I don't know if it's the last one that's released. Yeah, it Probably. Was, it's the last one that was released. Yeah. So we talked about Justin Allison informing us about that startup podcast, and we said. Oh, I wonder if Justin will actually listen to this. Yeah, right? and I said, don't text him. Don't text him. He said, don't text him. I wonder if Justin will hear this. We'll we'll see. He'll text us if he does listen to this. And literally, we release episodes on Tuesday, but I I normally put it up like late Monday night late before Monday I go to night. bed at one in the morning on Tuesday morning, <laughs> really Monday night. So probably two hours after it was about put two hours up. after it was released, so I, I got a text from Justin Allison saying. Of course I listen to your podcast. <laughs> he said, ha, 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 Yes, I do listen to you guys from time to time. I was like, dude, you didn't waste any time. And I he know. said, sometimes I have trouble falling asleep, and you guys put me to sleep. So that's why. Wow, that's not – so he insulted us then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but anyways, um, he also uh, said something, uh, uh, something that he thought would be interesting to hear us talk about um, or debate. And he said that uh, what do we think about topical – Sermon series versus expository sermon series. So explain or what that is for people that don't know. So, topical series 
are things that um, it's instead of doing a, a you, your your whole series is based on a specific topic, generosity, so, generosity, or no, whatever. You notice whenever we talk about a sermon topic, or whatever, I always use generosity. Do you, you ever notice that every time it's like, yep, ge- like generosity. Yeah, um, like let's do a sermon breakdown. Like you're talking about generosity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. I don't know. Why. A good example, like in uh, in August at City on a Hill, we're doing a sermon series called A Matter of Time. And it's all about time management. Do you? What do you do? How do you prioritize things? You know, that's a topic. So you're not going through a book of the Bible. Correct. You're going through the topic of that, and of you would use management. different passages in the Bible to to communicate whatever your message is for that yes. week. Yeah, where expository preaching would be something that that you would go through. All right, we're going to go through the book of of James. We're yeah. going to talk about this book and go through exactly what James teaches yeah. us. And some some churches do like I know a church that is doing the book of Matthew for the whole year. So the whole year they're only talking really? about Matthew. Yeah, wow. um, there's I guess there's it's the gospel, so that's a good thing. Yeah, but. so there's people, and you can get so much. I mean, yeah. out of Matthew, you that's so many lot. sermons. Um, you got the Sermon on the Mount alone. <laughs> yeah, so so you can go through that in a year. Yeah, you can probably even go longer if you really want to. Um, I know people that do for like three or four months the Book of Acts. Yeah, yeah. So you're really breaking down and really talking about like the exegetical work mm-hmm. of, and that's just breaking down like who was written to the author, the location, what the words actually mean, yeah, mean, yeah. and really breaking out what it means and then how we can apply it. Now, so, I think that with with both of these sort of to- uh, things, whether it's topical or expository preaching. Um, I don't think that neither one is necessarily wrong or, Def- or moral. Not. It's not. Now, I do think it's, that the only one that can be is topical because sometimes when we do a topical series, uh, it's easy to try to force scripture to say what you want it to say for your topic. For your topic, yeah. when that is not what the scripture was actually communicating, and we tw- and it's easy to twist something. To make it say what you want it to say instead of letting it speak for itself. Yeah. That's a danger with a topical sort of preaching. Where expository preaching, you're just preaching what it says, or you should be at least. I, don't, I mean, I, I know that people can still misinterpret scripture and all those sort of things, but for the most part, you're just saying the scripture's doing the preaching for me. What's where topical? You have to find scripture to support what you are wanting to preach. Okay. And what camp would, not that there's camps, because we will do both, but. What do you normally fall under for you? We do topical preaching most of the time. We we have done some expository preaching a few months ago. We uh, just for a month we went through the Book of Isaiah and yeah. what 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 was the Book of Isaiah trying to communicate? So what you, you did a series correct on the Book of Isaiah that lasted four weeks. Yeah, so uh, the, there wasn't a specific topic. It was just what Isaiah said and how what you can get out of that. Yes, yeah, and uh, and then one other time, uh, you know, we've been going for a little over two years. We did um, uh, a Bible or, or a small group series of walking through the Bible of uh, the New Testament. Um, and no, I think it was the Old Testament that we did. Yeah, so it's just like a quick overview of the whole Old Testament. Yeah. And we only did, um, uh, I think it was like eight weeks or something like that. And then I preached along with what people were reading that week. Yeah, yeah. So so, so that, that was, was more, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was still kind of expository because it was just like... Yeah, it was. Pre- yeah. But um, I've done, we've done Nehemiah. Yeah, like yeah. A series that was just on Nehemiah. We've done, um, we did just Habakkuk. Yes. We just did that whole, because it's a lot about like. Habakkuk. <laughs> so it's a lot about. <laughs> it's, that was a lot about when bad things happen. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's cool. But for the most part, we do topical preaching. What are you going to do? Topical. Yeah. Topical for sure. Um, not, I, I will at times do like the book of James is such mm-hmm. a good one. So we'll do That's some, like some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I might do the, <laughs> 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 book too. but um, I, I'm the fan. I'm a fan of topical because we're more geared towards unchurched people. And I would rather someone that doesn't know Jesus 
come to church and be like, even though I don't care about the Bible, I learned how to not how to be generous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I learned I learned how to not be selfish. I learned um, something how to from manage my, my time. I, I learned how to um, with my my marriage. I learned some good things in marriage, and I can I would rather someone come and be like, man. Even though I don't agree with this Bible stuff, I'm getting something out of this. Yes. I, I would come back for that. Yeah. And then uh, my hope is over time, as we always talk about the Bible and always talk about the gospel, um, is do that. That's an Annie Stanley style, and I'm an Annie Stanley guy. So, Well, the, the advantage of topical preaching is it creates excitement. Yeah, um, where the, if you do it for a, you know a month or three weeks, five weeks, however long your series are, we we just do every month. It's a new new series. Yeah, and however long that month is, is how long we do that series. Yeah, so it makes it easy where we where where we can advertise for the next one coming up, and we say, hey, next month we're going to be talking about this one. This is a great opportunity to invite your friends. Do you know anybody who struggles with whatever that we're talking about, or do you think that this would be good target people that you think would be this would help them in their life and what they're going through? That sort of a deal. What the good thing about series. Series, what the mm-hmm. series do is especially and when it's topical but it doesn't always have to be topical you can make a series just yep. on some on Habakkuk and talk <laughs> yeah. about the Christ of faith or something but you can use that as another onboard for somebody so you can advertise a new series come in the two weeks ahead where you're saying this yep. is a good time to invite your friends we're starting a brand new series on this exactly. that's go away to get people to yeah, come get invitation cards all these sort of yeah, things. send postcards um, whatever yeah but like I said I, I I don't we don't think that there's anything wrong with either uh, but in today's day and age I fully believe that the best way to go is topical preaching throughout most of the year, um, just to create that that sort of excitement. Um, th- I believe that the Bible is exciting, but a a non Christian does not, for the most part. Yeah. So we so we you, we it, believe that the the Bible has a lot to say about a lot of stuff. Not Christians don't. Yes. So this is a way to kind of go. Oh, yeah. It, it actually talks about that and. and a, that makes sense exactly. to me. Exactly. So, but but we we since we just did the book of Isaiah a few months ago, it's uh, my concern with when we were doing. It, I was like, should we think of a more catchy name? Even though it's just not like, Isaiah. Yeah, but we did, we just went with just Isaiah because I felt like that that you know what it is enough and it is good and we don't do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but you want to you want to market and you want to appeal to people and get people interested in what you're going to say. But a lot of times, if you think about it, uh, if you just go say, hey. Our next series next month, Isaiah. Not everybody's going to like it. Not or not everyone's going to be excited about it. Um, people, I, the, my prayer is that people will like it once they get to it and and they actually hear it. And you can make it interesting because I believe that the Bible is super interesting. But the, getting people there to actually hear it is a challenging part, and that's what we are trying to address. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's all about the target you're trying to reach. Yeah. I think I would rather like I kind of like to do topical sermons mm-hmm. and then encourage small groups to do like like books of the Bible. Yeah. For example, for our last small group, which was eight weeks long or 12 weeks long, we did the book of James the whole time. Yeah. So it wasn't a topical small group. Now that you can't, I just, since we're doing so many topical ones for, for church, I like to encourage the small groups to do more Bible based so yeah. we can have that as well. So you're kind of getting both. Yeah. Doing well, it that small way. groups are supposed to be more in depth. Yeah. So, um, I, I just know that I'm more thinking about in my, on a Sunday morning, I'm more thinking about the person who doesn't know Jesus coming. And when we get to the message part, I'm challenging not Christians because I want people to leave remembering something that they forgot about and learning something that they didn't know every time. That's my goal. So if they can leave having both those things, then that's a win. But every time I do it, I think about the person who's in there for the first time. I make them, I'm trying to be as aware as possible for someone who doesn't know Jesus. So I give them outs. Just like, this is, I mean, I'm just giving you Andy Stanley stuff. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, I give them outs of stuff of like, 
if you're a Christian, then um, then what we're talking about for right here, like if I talk about premarital sex, for example, uh-huh. if you're not a Christian, I, why would you not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there are benefits to not doing it because every time we talk about sin, there's a better way to live. But if you just tell someone, I don't think you should have premarital sex because the Bible says so, then if you're not a Christian, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. That, I'm going to do it. But, but if, if you, you give them practical reasons, like yeah, like purity pays way to intimacy and that kind of stuff. Involved. Yeah. yeah. But to when I, what a lot of research has shown is that when you give someone an out, they actually listen more. Yeah. So then if I say, hey, if you're not a Christian, what I'm going to talk about right now when it comes to premarital sex, this is not for you. I think you can get stuff out of it, but it's not for, this is not necessarily for you. This is more for the people that say they're followers of Jesus. Then they aren't, aren't like, like, hey, don't say it about me. They're more relaxed and they'll still hear it. They yeah. actually hear it more because they want to hear what you're about to tell all the Christians they got to do. Right, 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 um, right. So it's but, ways to give out. So I think definitely think that um, part of the, and we, we addressed a little bit of the dangers with topical preaching too, but um, what when another danger that we haven't talked about is sometimes doing topical, we don't actually even address the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we just talk about a topic. Where that is not what we should do as preachers. I, I've I've seen that, and and that's what a lot of times, like um, I don't know, sometimes may, maybe Joel Osteen has been uh, uh, criticized for these sort of things. Where it's like, okay, it's just a, a feel good, but it's more of a motivational sort of a talk. And we and if you don't bring scripture into it, yeah. then there's something really lacking. Have you ever done sermons though, where like you only had one scripture the whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done yeah, that absolutely. a lot. And and but when you give that one scripture, you have to give context with it. Yeah, you you can't just give that scripture and just say and then just move on and yeah. just read it. You know what I mean? You have to give the context around it, and you still have to do the 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 exegetical work mm-hmm. that is required to understand a passage so that you pre- preach it properly. Yeah. You know, and that's what a lot of times people, when they only do topical sermons, they can miss that part of it because they just think they're trying to fit it. They're in. trying to fit it, and and they'll just Google something, and they'll say, "All right, I'm talking about um, this topic. Let me just Google scripture related to this," yeah. and then they pull a, a a passage out, and it isn't exactly what it was meant to be. You have to understand the context, the history, the author, the audience, all of those sort of things, and if you don't put the work in. Yeah. Then you're not going to get the results. Yeah, yeah. That um, you that you should. Get. I will say I have done series where the first sermon of that whole series has been more of a setup, like setting up, up that tension, mm-hmm. and so it's barely been Bible based. But I do it knowing yeah. that two, three, and four have a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I it's basically That's, I've done it yeah. I, I've done it where like I need you to know this and set this tension up, and I'm not really answering any questions really, mm-hmm. and um. So that when I bring the Bible in in week two, three, four, I've only done that once though. Yeah, that's so it's it. it yeah. I think if you're like strategic with it, then it's okay as long as you know you're going to eventually. You're trying to you're setting them up, and yeah. you know where you're going with it. It's just there's um, still dangers to that. Yeah, because, but if you're trying to do a just a basically motivational speech, yeah. and you throw a verse in really quick because you got to throw in a verse, and it doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing, then that's right, that's right, right. hard because the Bible because then you're not using the Bible. In the mo- in the most powerful way it is, it's the most powerful book in, the, in mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. in history. Mm-hmm. You can get some crazy things Easy. out of that. It's just whether or not you're doing, you're willing to do the work. Yeah, it it is it is it has changed everything. It's changed our culture, changed everything. I mean, just think it's of like thousands of years. I mean, the reason why and people aren't when I say this, people aren't going to agree with it uh, right away, but I know you will because you you know this. But um, the reason why 
women have so many rights in our country mm-hmm. is because of the Bible. <laughs> if you read what the Bible says, I know you're going to point to, well, it says women shouldn't talk in church and all this stuff. But when you look at the verse, it says, um, wives submit to your husband. Uh-huh. If you read that whole thing, yeah. it actually is crazy what it says. Because before, before it says sub- submit to each other. Yeah. And why submit to your husband? Okay, back then it's like, yeah, of course we do. And then husbands, mm-hmm. basically, you need to love them like you love yourself. And yeah, and even the first one, submit to yourselves the way the way that that you submit to Christ. Like, no, yeah. I don't do that. That and that culture, men did not do that. No, whatsoever. why would I do that? They don't submit to, to the the idea of women have rights and women um, are are equal. That started with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now and, the 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 bad part about it, or the 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 crap part about it, is way it's been twisted. Is because of people doing what we were just talking about inappropriately. Yeah, where they take scripture, they don't understand the context or the history or the culture, and then they use it to make it say what they want it to say, and then that's how you get misinterpretations of the Bible. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. churches that say, well, men are more powerful than women and men have more rights and, de- and women need to just bow down and listen to the men and, and and other things too yeah throughout scripture so that's that's where that happens and that's why topical can be dangerous yeah so it really needs to be a combination of both I, just how you advertise yeah. it I, I i like topical more but i agree with you that i think topic topical can be more dangerous mm-hmm. um because of that because yeah. a lot of you fall into that trap compared to compared to the other side so yeah for real for for real for, for sure for, for real for so but if real. you ever have any other uh, uh questions you can always uh submit uh not your mom's question to us yeah, there's a lot of ways you can do that you can you can do it through um email you can do it uh at nym christian podcast at gmail.com you go to their website nym christian podcast.com um you can message on, on our facebook on our twitter on our instagram all those things that's at NYM Christian Pod or podcast, depending on which one you're looking at. I don't remember which one it is. Because <laughs> like I'm not drawing Christian Podcast. There's a lot of ways. Is there any other ways I, I missed? Oh, or? yeah, sure. Easy. There's an easy one that you can do. You could go up to Alaska, get some sled dogs, all right? You got to find these sled dogs and you're going to travel across the, 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 the cold wilderness of, of Alaska. And then mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself a polar bear. Find okay. this polar bear. Get they're it. endangered, so that's going to be tough. Yeah, they are endangered, but this is the best way that you, or one of the easiest ways you can resist. <laughs> uh, you find this polar bear, wrestle it. You know, polar bears have black skin. Wrestle that polar bear, take your question, tape it onto its butt, slap its butt, send it our way. We'll get it easy. Yep, exactly. It's snow dogs. So, so any way you can do that, make sure you do that. It's a movie with Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah, hello. Oh, snow dogs. Hello. I don't think there's a polar bear. I've never seen that movie. I don't know what it's about. Why? No one's seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank everyone for listening. We are almost at, man, this is 97. We have three episodes until, and and just a little, little, uh, insider for you we already recorded the 100th episode oh yeah man is it fun so really it's our 96th episode i know we well it <laughs> that's released we're releasing it at our 100th but i promise you it will be no i'm not gonna promise that i promise you that we had fun doing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't fair. promise it was it's it's that good of a podcast but it's the most fun i've had doing a podcast in a long time yeah because i don't have to just look at you though i time. know for real so um make sure you guys uh, uh check that out so uh hold on uh Oh no, oh no, oh no. Come back here! Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash NYM Christian Podcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.